Well, good morning, church. Do you mind if I'm down here at your level rather than up there so far away? Because I figured that people might have thought I didn't take a shower this morning, so I'll get a little closer. You know, how's that sound? <laughs> well, it's good to see everybody here at church today. Um, we're, we're, we're continuing our series on being fortified. And as we get into this series again, let us have a word of prayer together. Lord God, it's so great to worship with a church family. It's so great to be a part of a church family that is interested in the academy and in the young people's lives and the lives of every generation. As we're gathered here for worship again today, and as we look at this teaching of being diligent, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us, that you would fill our hearts with your presence and your knowledge, and that we may be diligent for you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the world of animated movies, there is a classic, not Lion King, not Mickey Mouse, but this comes from Pixar. There's the classic of Finding Nemo. Anybody know Finding Nemo? It's one of the first animated movies. Pixar was one of the best actually that, that launched Pixar. And they've, they've come now with a new one called Finding Dory, right? Oh, sorry. Forgot, forgot about this one. We're in the Bible app. <laughs> if you've got your mobile device, go to the uh, Bible app. And you go to that little menu down there. And you find events. And you'll find today's service. And now let's talk about Dory again, right? So, Dory. We were just at the Seattle Aquarium um, this last Wednesday, and we got to see a real-life Dory. Dory is a blue tang fish. And Dory is one of those bubbly creatures one of those bubbly fish that is very lovable, has a, very, has a short-term memory loss, can't remember who you were at one moment, and then says, oh, why are you here? Okay, now I remember you. And in Finding Nemo, she runs into Nemo, and she, finds, she, helps, Nemo, she helps Nemo's dad find Nemo, the little clownfish. There's a saying, though, that Dory says a little song that she creates that almost anybody will recognize, even if, you don't, if, you, even if you've not seen Finding Nemo. It is the, the term. Anybody knows what it might be? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And the song is, and she, and she sings this song at the point when Nemo's dad is about to give up because they, they'll never be able to find little Nemo who got captured by a diver and taken to Australia. But she sings this song. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Dory was very persistent. And persistence is a very good characteristic to have in any case. Because life on this planet is not easy. The opposite of persistence, the opposite of just keep swimming, is just go with the flow, right? The opposite is just let life take you where you think life, where life wants to take you, and it may not be where you want to go. The opposite is to drift. 
And the Bible warns us and challenges us to not just drift, but in fact challenges us to just keep swimming. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, Paul reminds us that it is easy to drift away from the truth that we have received. He says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. In this world, it is very easy to drift away. We must pay attention to the Word of God. We don't want to just go with the flow. We must continue to swim, continue to fortify. So as we've been looking at this theme of being fortified, we recognize that this world is not going to last much longer. The end of the world is coming. Amen? (laughs) The end of the world is coming. We're looking forward to that, not for the tribulation that is to take place, but we're looking forward to the glorious return of Jesus. And so the end of this world is coming. Talk to people who have been around for generations, for decades, and they can tell you those birth pains that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24, they're happening. There is a greater intensity of these things going on. So the end of the world is coming. And as we've been talking about being fortified for that, strengthening our hearts, we've been talking about being, being ready for the battles that are taking place now and the battles that we will be faced with in the future as well. We've talked about being patient in the waiting while we're waiting for Jesus to return. We've talked about to being patient and being generous in the patience. We've talked about living to glorify God through holiness and how we live our lives. Last time we were looking at this, two weeks ago, we talked about saying goodbye to the old life of sin and living in newness of life. And this is something, many times we think about being fortified, just like as you're preparing for battle, you you set up the the battalions and you set up the, the fortifications and you do that only once. But in this life, it's not just one time, but we need to be a con- in a continual fortification process to where daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, there are times of renewal, times where we say, okay, God, I want you to renew my life. I recommit my life to you. I want to, I want, I want to be fortified for you. I want to live my life for you. And so it's something to where we are continuing to fortify ourselves. Paul reminds us again in Hebrews chapter 3, the next chapter. He says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. It is a daily matter. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. So this is the warning that Paul gives us, that sin is deceitful. We may think that we're fine. We may think that life is going well, and it probably is going well. But we may just be going with the flow, bumping along life, and all of a sudden, here comes that old man of sin rearing his ugly head and saying, Yeah, do this, do that, think this way. 
And it's a reminder that, we, that sin is deceitful and that we need to be careful and we need to watch out. And so we need to not drift away from God. Instead, what do we need to keep doing? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Right? <laughs> Just keep swimming. And we need to be fortified. So today we're talking about being diligent with our fortifications. Many times we think that diligence saves us, but diligence does not save us. Diligence strengthens us. The grace of Jesus saves us, praise God. But diligence strengthens us, fortifies us. So that's, that's something about diligence. We've got, we got to define what diligence really is. We don't, we don't hear a lot of it, a lot of that term anymore these days, being diligent. What is diligence? It's something that's not perseverance, although perseverance is under the umbrella of diligence. Perseverance is pushing through the hard time. Diligence is someone who, the, the, who, pract- someone who practices diligence is someone who is responsible, they're creative, they're industrious, they're persistent, they're not lazy, they're not idle, they're not negligent. Employers look for people who are diligent. Is that right, Mr. Johnson? Doug Johnson? As the conference employers, we look for people who are diligent. Actually, I should ask the HR director, shouldn't I? (laughs) Or the principal, the new principal, looking for teachers who are diligent, right? Because as an employer, you want someone who is responsible. You want someone who will persevere and who won't quit at the first challenge. You want someone who will not fold under pressure when the demands are high. You want someone who takes care of their job and their workspace, who takes, who, who takes honor and, and pride in their workspace. They won't throw up their hands when the pressures of work gets hard. Bosses like responsible, diligent people because they will profit the company. They'll solve problems. They'll work harder. They're not lazy. Teachers also like diligent students. Imagine that. Teachers like students who are going to apply themselves to their learning, who are responsible, who are not slacking off. And did you know young people, students, young people, young people, young people, as you grow into a diligent student, you become a diligent employee where bosses will like to hire you in these kinds of things. So if we can make a list for a diligent worker, uh, if you have your study guide, you can, the paper study guide, or you're looking on your, on your uh, mobile device, little diligent worker list. This person who is a diligent worker will say, you know what, I will finish my projects. When I'm given a task, I will finish it. Another list thing they'll say, I will do a job right. I'll make sure that, that, the, that every T is crossed and every I is dotted. I'll make sure that the job is done properly. Make sure it's done right. And in part of doing that right, I will follow instructions. It's a good thing to follow your boss's instructions. If they tell you to do something one way and you do it another way, that's good grounds to get fired. <laughs> 
I will concentrate on my work. A diligent person is focused, will apply themselves. And a fifth item on the list, I won't be lazy. Anybody want to hire a lazy person? They say that if you want to find the easiest way to get something done, hire a lazy person. Because they'll find the easiest way to get it done, the quickest way to get it done. (laughs) But a good list for those people who want to be diligent. The book of Proverbs talks a lot about life lessons, life rules, and it talks about diligence as well. There's a list, I think there's six items we got on this list of diligence in Proverbs. Proverbs and diligence, talking about fulfillment. Proverbs 13, verse 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So a diligent person receives what they look for, receives what what they're working for. Uh, In resourcefulness, Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Being a responsible worker, being a a thoughtful worker, planning out your plans, receive those resources that, that are needed. And favor, favor with God, favor with fellow mankind, Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it, who searches for evil. So if you're seeking favor, if you're desiring to do good, desiring to get to please, diligent people will do that. Proverbs 12, 24, about authority. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. So who's going to have authority? those who are responsible, those who are diligent. Possessions. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, (laughs) but the diligent, but diligence is man's precious possession. So a lazy man, he hunts, but he doesn't catch anything because he actually doesn't fire his bow. Whereas a man of diligence receives what he hunts, and diligence is man's precious possession, one of the characteristics that is good for mankind to have. Riches. Proverbs 10.4 reminds us that a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So Proverbs talks a lot about this characteristic of diligence, about being a responsible person, being a thoughtful person. Now, can we apply diligence to the spiritual life? Most definitely we can. Most definitely we can. Diligence, again, diligence does not save us, but diligence strengthens us in our struggle against evil forces and our struggle in the great controversy. It strengthens us to be a follower of God. If we look back at again at our diligent worker list, and we can apply it to spiritual life. We can say, I will finish my projects. Okay, I will finish what God has asked of me. I will do what is morally right, what the Bible describes as morally right. I will follow the instructions of the Word of God. I will concentrate and keep my focus on Jesus. And I won't be lazy in my spiritual walk. I'll make sure to do those things that do fortify and strengthen my spiritual walk. And so I will not slack off. 
diligence is all through the Bible. It's all through the Christian's life. It's all through the spiritual walk. And Jesus is very holds, holds diligence as a significant characteristic to have as well. And Jesus mentions this in the parables of Matthew 24 and 25. Let's take our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24 and recognize these parables that Jesus is talking about. Now, Matthew chapter 24, we recognize, and we typically turn there when we talk about the signs at the end of the age. These events that will be taking place before Jesus comes. And we look at the, these signs and we, and we focus on the earthquakes that are happening, higher intensity. We look at the wars that are taking place. We look at the pestilences and the diseases and the famines. And we look at all these signs and we freak out and we say, Jesus is coming. And I believe that we focus too much on the signs when Jesus just talks just a few verses about that. He spends much more of his breath talking about how we are to live before he comes. What kind of a life are we going to be living? Yes, these signs will be happening. They'll be taking place throughout the earth. But he's more concerned about diligence in the way we live while we are waiting. So after he talks about the great tribulation, after he talks about the signs, after he talks about the one sign, he says, you should only be looking for one sign. Verse 30, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. The tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. That's the one sign he says we are to be looking for. And he tells the parable of the fig tree. No one knows the day or the hour. And then he gets to these, a couple of these parables that talk about how we are to live while we are waiting. The parable of the faithful and the evil servant. Verse 45, Jesus says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to give them food and due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. So here's the diligent servant doing what his master has asked, following through the instructions of his master. But then there's another servant. Verse 48, he says, But if that evil servant says in his heart, Ah, my master is delayed his coming, and be, the servant begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, an hour that he is not aware of, and he will throw him out, cut him up and throw him out, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the evil servant who did not follow the wishes of his master. I think Jesus is encouraging us to be the diligent servant. He wants us to be someone who is living by the instructions of his word. Jesus then goes on to Matthew chapter 25 where he tells this parable of the ten bridesmaids. They had their oil lamps waiting for the return of the wedding party. Now, we don't know why they weren't part of the initial celebration, but they're waiting for the return of this party. There's five who had oil, and what happened to the other five? They didn't have oil, did they? No oil. 
and we, we, um, we identify oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. And so we, we find that these five bridesmaids who did not have the oil when the bridegroom returned couldn't light their lamps. And so they say to the wise who did have the oil, verse 8, the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not, not be enough for us and for you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Jesus, of course, wants us to be like those wise bridesmaids who had the oil, who had the Holy Spirit. But he's also, I think we skip over verse 8 a little too much. He's also showing us the way to not get into the wedding party. We cannot get into the wedding party with someone else's oil. Think about how, that, how far that goes. We cannot get into heaven by the beliefs of our parents. We cannot get into a paradise on the coattails of our fathers and our mothers or on someone else. It has to be the oil that we possess, the presence of Jesus in our lives because we have had a connection with Jesus in our hearts. And so the five who didn't have that connection with Jesus had to go out and look for it and purchase it. And when they finally found it, the door had been shut. So verse 13, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus is concerned about how we are living our lives while we are waiting for his return. He's not just concerned about the signs. Yes, they're going to happen. But will he, when he comes, will he find diligent followers or professed believers? The challenge to be fortified with diligence is to encourage us to be faithful to the end. Now, it's easy as Seventh-day Adventists to say, we know it all. We got it all understood. But is that what Jesus is really looking for? Did the bridesmaids know that the bridegroom was coming? Oh, yeah. But they didn't have that deep connection with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. As we conclude here, I want to give you a, keep your minds sharp while on home leave. I'm going to give you a little quiz. Students who are on home leave, teachers who are on home leave, going to keep your mind a little sharp, okay? Give you a little quiz about the pillars of the Seventh-day Adventist faith. I got six of them, six subjects, six questions. We're going to answer each of the questions. Multiple choice, don't worry, okay? So you got a 25% chance of getting it right. Multiple choice. Question number one deals with salvation. In order to be saved, we are instructed to, A, walk the Via Dolorosa, which is the path that Jesus took to Jerusalem. We are to accept Jesus' free gift of grace. C, pray ten times a day. Or D, take a vow of vegetarianism. In order to be saved, what do you say? A, B, C, or D? B is in bravo. Yes, accept Jesus' free gift of grace. 
All right. Next subject deals with the sanctuary, one of the pillars of the Adventist faith. The tabernacle that Moses built in the wilderness was, A, destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar, B, the only one of its kind, C, made entirely out of gold, or D, a model of what is currently in heaven. A, B, C, or D? Some of you might think it's a trick question. Because some might think, well, it's the only one of its kind. Mm, be careful about that. D, a model of what is currently in heaven. You guys will learn that if you haven't learned it yet. <laughs> All right, number three, state of the dead. Subject deals with state of the dead. When you die, we don't like talking about death though, do we? You like talking about death? No, we don't like talking about death. But when you die, you, A, go to heaven. B, go to purgatory. C, go to the grave. Or D, go to hell. Shh, I didn't say that, did I? A, B, C, or D? C, go to the grave. I, I thought about making this one a little more difficult and said, go to Hades. Because Hades is hell in Greek, right? All right, you guys are doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, okay? Number four, dealing with the spirit of prophecy. Mrs. White was, A, a player in the board game Clue. The wife of the man who built the White House. Someone who helped free the slaves. Or D, a woman who had the gift of prophecy. A, B, C, or D? D. D, a woman who had the gift of prophecy. Most definitely. And she's got some amazing things that have written. My favorite is Steps to Christ. Next to that is Desire of Ages. Amazing, amazing good things. Number four. Dealing with the second coming. Remember, these are the pillars of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. When Jesus returns, every eye will see him. He will secretly take the righteous with him. He will come symbolically into believers' hearts. Or D, there will be 1,000 years of peace on earth. A, B, C, or D? A, every eye will see him. And even those who pierced him which is a quite the amazing thing to think about, what's going to happen right before Jesus returns. Who's going to be resurrected? It's amazing. Last one, okay? Last one. Uh, dealing with a Sabbath. The biblical Sabbath is any day you feel like worshiping God. B, Saturday, the seventh day of the week. C, Monday, since God made water on the second day and Jesus is the living water. D, once a month on the new moon. A, B, C, or D? B. B. Saturday, the seventh day of the week. You guys have done pretty good with the knowledge bowl of Seventh-day Adventist beliefs. But here's the thing that I want to caution us about and to challenge you about. Salvation is not based on what you know. It's based on who you know. We may know everything about the Bible. We may know the theology of the Bible. We may believe as Seventh-day Adventist Christians that we have the, the depth of knowledge. But do we know who the author of that Bible is? Have we been spending that time with him? Now, we may know everything, we, but we may grow weary as Paul warns us. 
grow weary of the waiting and drift from that connection with Jesus. Here's the challenge I give to you today. Diligence requires action. To fortify ourselves with diligence, there is action that is required. And so I challenge you to do something that connects you with Jesus. Whatever it may be. You may have drifted. You may have, you may have caught that connection with Jesus early on in your Christian walk. That may have drifted. Do something that connects you with Jesus. So whatever it may be. It could be, it could be journaling. I know some people connect with Jesus as they write out their prayers. It could be reading the scriptures, reading another book. It could be singing. It could be music. It could be some kind of art. It could be taking a prayer walk out in nature like today. But whatever that is, connect your life with Jesus. The, the purpose of personal worship is to develop that connection, to foster that connection. And if what you're doing is not working, change it. Who says you have to read the Bible in an entire year? Who says you have to do this or that? Do what works for you. Fortify ourselves with diligence. Let's pray. Lord God, as we are remembering the words of your scripture, the parables that Jesus told us, we're reminded that you are concerned about us personally. You desire that relationship with us, that connection with us. So it's my prayer that we each take this challenge to heart and that we continue to swim and that we continue to be diligent. If, we're, if what we're doing is working well, keep us strong on that. If we need to start that up again, give us the motivation and the time. May we strengthen our hearts and strengthen our lives connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.